Hello, my name is Carl Lloyd Hauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Not many of you should be presumed to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world among evil in the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed, but have never been but are being tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brother, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All right, thank you, Audrey. <clears throat> so we wanted to jump in and uh, I wanted to share that whole passage with you before we get going. We're in a, a series right now on the book of James and well, we're in the third chapter. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up to James 3 because we'll be in there uh, for the entire morning. We're going to jump into the gospel uh, for just a little bit as well. Um, I want to say hello to everyone who's joining us uh, online. Uh, Calvin is there. Pastor Calvin, love to talk with you, pray for you, message him if you have any prayer requests, uh, but you're important to us. We're glad that you're here as well. So I've been uh, told, actually by people in this church, on more than one occasion, uh, that I have disproportionate calves. All right, now they could have said, your calves are really muscly, but that's not the words that they used. And so um, my, I, I just, I guess I got these big bulbous calves. That's what, uh, and, and so there's one of two reasons uh, that, that that happened. One is maybe that's just kind of like where I store my fat. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, some people, it's in my thighs. And for me, I guess it's in my calves. Uh, or another possibility, uh, when I was uh, 16, uh, I was playing football and um, uh, we brought in this weight trainer guy or the school brought in a weight trainer guy and kind of help us with our strength training. And uh, one of the first things he said to me, he just looked at me and he said, you have little calves. And so, you know what, I, I guess, you know, I know then is like, man, I'm not going to keep little calves. And so I started working those things. And so I don't, I don't lift weights a lot, but I'll tell you what, every time I do, I work my calves. I mean, I never miss leg day. I always go in and work the calves. And so, I mean, I would hope, I would hope that something, some guy whose name I don't even know said something 34 years ago. I would hope it's not still driving me, but I'm afraid it is. I'm concerned that maybe it's still affecting me. And I just, I'm share that little story with you because I, I want you to understand that words have power. And has anybody ever said something over your life or to you and it is still driving you today? I mean, just powerful words. Like, has anyone ever said something like, well, you're just like your father. You're like, no way, I am not like, I'm gonna show the world I am not like him. Or you're just like your mother. Or you're lazy. 
or you're selfish or you're conceited or whatever, some word that somebody gave you and you're out to prove to the world that is not me and it affected you so powerfully. And have you ever noticed that no matter what you accomplish, no matter like how far you go and you know, what you do, that you never answer, you never satisfy that word? Like a workaholic. Have you ever heard a workaholic come home and say, you know what? I finally worked hard enough. I did it. I finally did what I had to do. Have you ever, ever talked to someone who just, you know, they deal with this attitude, this lie that they're worthless? Have you ever seen them say, okay, well, I accomplished this and I accomplished this. And today I finally did enough. I finally accomplished enough that the question is answered, right? I mean, what, what's it gonna take till my calf question is answered? I found a picture actually. Maybe, maybe if, it's, if, if they look like this, uh, if you wanna bring that up there, then that... You know, you know, and if they got that far, you know what I would say if I had calves like that? I would probably say, almost. I'm almost there. This, by the way, guys, it is okay to skip leg day every once in a while if that's what you look like. Words have power. All right, and I want to start, I, I told you we're going to jump into the Gospels. I want to start with, with what Jesus says. And, and you already know this, what Jesus says here, but it's so good just to see kind of the power that they have. And so let, let's look at, Matthew 12, verse 33. And Jesus tells us, he says, you make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. And that's really the heart of this book of James is that your life is going to reflect the faith that you have. And if you have a real faith with Jesus, if you're walking with Jesus, it's gonna have to come out in your life. And, and if it's not coming out in your life, the question is, are, are we sure that we've had a real encounter with Christ? And Jesus says, if it's a good tree, it's going to bring good fruit. And then he's talking to the Pharisees here and he says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Now catch this, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Now, here's the first point that I wanted to bring about the, our speech and our tongue, and that is that our tongue, as Jesus shows us, is responsive and it is also revealing. So it shows what's inside of us and what's inside of us comes out. And have you ever said something that you didn't mean? You ever said something that you regret, right? And you, you didn't mean it, but you know what the truth is? At that moment, you kind of did, didn't you? I mean, there was a part of you that actually did mean that. This just happened to me last week. So uh, my daughter is, uh, she's on a, a mission trip in Tanzania right now. And uh, just because of the way it's working with uh, YWAM out there, we've had to like Venmo money back to her and then she'd send us the money from her support and just kind of moving things around. And um, so I'm not real familiar with Venmo. And so I'm doing the bills. And, and so I said, okay, honey, I need to see all this Venmo stuff you did to join. I'm looking at it. And, and, and as I look, I'm like, okay, well, we sent her that. She sent us this. Then we sent her that. We sent her that. And I was like, Gina, you sent Joy like $3,000 that she didn't give back to us. I was like, what, what? and then I started like, it was rising up in me. I'm like, what, what were you doing? What were you thinking? And I'm kind of going after Gina. You could just kind of see her like, wow, you know, hold on there. And, and my words are just getting panicked and I'm just getting, oh, because I'm thinking, how am I going to take care of 3,000 bucks? What are you, and is she ever going to give it back to me? And, and she buys so much Starbucks anyways. And like, well, you know what, what's going to happen here? And then, you know, um, 
Gina, she, she came to me a, a little while later and she said, you know, when you did that, 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 that frustrated me. And I was like, honey, you're right. I mean, I, I, I had no other choice but to repent. I was like, that was wrong. I'm sorry. But see, the thing is, is it's showing me something in my heart that I'm seeing actually that's not the only time. It's actually, it's reflecting something inside of me. And that is in moments of panic, in the moments when like when the pinch comes, when I don't see a way through there, I don't start with trust. Now I get to trust, but there's something in me that, that that's not the place I begin. And I start kind of just lashing out and freaking out. See, it's revealing something that's in my heart that has to change. And all I could do is repent and say, okay, well, I, I just, I need Jesus to change me here. That I'll begin with trust. I mean, and you know what? It actually ended up that I was just reading Venmo wrong, which makes it all the worse as I had to repent to her. And so she didn't send that $3,000. It's just, I don't know how to look at Venmo. That was the thing. You know, it, Proverbs tells us, it says in uh, 423, it says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Or I think NIV says, because everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart because it's going to come out. It comes out in the way that we speak. It comes out in everything we do. I saw an ad, and maybe you've seen it, uh, just a recent ad uh, that came out from uh, VidAngel. It's like one of those like, pure flicks things that helps, like it gets rid of cussing and things like that in the, in the television shows that you watch. And they were talking about The Wolf of Wall Street, which is, uh, it is the movie with the most cuss words in it. And there's uh, 560 F-bombs in that movie, okay? Just the F-word, not the other cuss that, that's in, involved in there. And so what they did is they put a family and they had them all dressed in white, sitting on a couch, and they turned the TV on. And then they had these guys with paint guns, paint, paintball guns, like um, just around them. And it had like different cuss words that were kind of blanked out in the back. And then um, they turned on the Wolf of Wall Street. And then they just like, just hammering this family with 580 plus some shots. And, and see, I thought it was, it was a perfect picture because that's what we do. I mean, you let that stuff come and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it hits you and it attacks you and we're not guarding our hearts. And guess what happens next time you get pinched? Guess what happens next time like you get hit? The F-bomb comes out, doesn't it? Because that's what's going in our heart, right? Wow, why did I say that? Because you're not guarding your heart. You gotta be careful about what you allow in there. And the tongue reveals it. It shows what's inside. But then James, oh, he takes it further. This is so good. And it, it doesn't just reveal your heart. L look at this in James 3. As Audrey read to us, it says in verse 3, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Now, I don't know if you caught this, but this is amazing to me, that the tongue reveals, but do you see what James is saying? That the tongue also leads? That the tongue actually directs your life and who you become, and it actually directs your heart. What you say is actually directing you also. Did you catch that? See, a bit, it doesn't follow the horse, right? The little bit doesn't follow the horse, it directs the horse. And a boat doesn't direct the rudder, the little rudder in back directs that. In, in the same way, your tongue is actually directing your life. That is, that's amazing. 
And see, the tongue, you have to understand, the things that you say are actually taking you somewhere. The things that come out of your mouth are actually leading you. Not, not just responding. See, we, we think that we're in control of the tongue. But in some ways, listen, our tongue is actually in control of us. The things that we say affect our lives. Now, let me explain this to you. The first way is that words, I, I believe that words are actually the cement of the soul. That when you speak it, it hardens and it solidifies, right? Here, let me give you an example. If you were to say this, I hate my sister. Now, I love my sister, by the way. But as soon as those words come out, what happens? Can you see your heart starting to harden? Can you see your position, your stance being taken right there? And actually your words are leading you and leading your heart in the way that you treat your sister and that you look at your sister. Or how about this? Any of your kids, my, I have kids who have done this. Any of your kids ever say, oh, I'm so stupid, right? And what do we do? We're like, oh, little Johnny, don't say that. Don't say I'm so stupid. No, no, don't do that. Why? Because we're afraid that he's gonna start believing it and he's gonna hold on to that and live it. And listen, if your child does that, I wanna encourage you, sit down and tell him or tell her why not to. Make it clear to him, say, listen, that, that actually, as you say that, you're gonna start believing that. The more you speak it, the more it becomes true in your head, in your heart. And see, it's a lie. And I don't want you to agree with a lie. I don't want you to become a lie because our tongue actually directs our life. Saying it brings you one step closer to believing it. And believing it brings you one step closer to living it. Now, in Christianese, we, we call that a vow. We call it a, a declaration. Be careful of the vows that you make. Be careful of the declarations that you put forward. Now, let's just go back to, to Jesus here in the gospel, looking at Matthew 12. And I just want to pick up where we left off here because he gives us some more. And, and Jesus tells us in verse 36, right where we left off, he says, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every, every careless word they have spoken. I don't, if that doesn't sober us up, what does? Every careless word we have spoken, we will give account. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Be careful of the declarations that you make. Be careful of what you allow to come out of your mouth. Now, I'm not talking about confession. I'm not talking about counseling. And there's times where we just say, oh, I'm so angry. Oh, he made me so mad. That was so wrong. Listen, it's okay to do that. What I'm talking about is these vows and declarations where we say something like, my son is worthless. Are you sure? I mean, maybe he needs to get a job, but come on. Be careful about what you say because words actually shape your position. The things that come out of your mouth are actually directing your beliefs. They're actually, the things that you agree with and you say in your mouth, they change your perception of the world. When, I, when I'm leading someone through the steps of forgiveness, what a, what a beautiful, powerful thing when someone forgives someone else. But do you know where it all comes down to? And we talk about, okay, you know, this is what was taken from me and, you know, this is what I feel like they owe me and this is what it did to me. But, but the real crux of it, the real power is we, we look at a specific thing and I'll tell them now, okay, now this is what I want you to do. I want you to say out loud, I forgive my brother for sleeping with my wife. Whoa. Can you say that? 
And I'll tell you what, I, I've, I've seen it. I, where, where people are like, I forgive my, and they can't do it. They can't speak it. And so we're like, okay, Holy Spirit, now come do a supernatural thing. Help them to do something they can't do on their own because forgiveness is supernatural. But I don't say, now feel it. Now you feel that forgiveness for them. I don't say that because forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a choice. And so I say, declare it, speak it. And then I'll see it and they're like, I forgive my brother. Boom. Freedom comes. Life comes by what they say. I've watched it happen again and again. Your words are powerful. And that's why scripture tells us in Ecclesiastes 5 too, be careful. Even before the Lord, don't be too quick with your mouth. Don't be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God because God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. We just rush in. We're so flippant with our mouth. We just kind of let it pour out. And yet we're gonna have to give account for every careless word we have spoken. Yet there's power in everything that comes out of our mouth. Okay, let me, t- let me help you understand how else your words, how they lead you and they guide you. The second thing they do is they either infect or they inspire others. It's up to you. Now think, you know this is true. I mean, think about what words have been spoken over your life that you're still fighting, that you're still contending with, right? What words have been spoken over your life that you'll never forget? Maybe there's words of inspiration that have changed everything. I think I've told you before, one of the most powerful words my pastor ever told me, he just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Carl, you're all right. I don't know why, but that's just what I needed. I mean, it changed everything. I was like, okay, I'm all right. I'll go forward now. What words have been spoken over you, good or bad, that you'll never forget? You know what I don't like to think about? I don't like to think about words that I've said that others will never forget. I was thinking about, uh, I guess it's confession weekend for me. And I was thinking about uh, in high school, I had a, a steady girlfriend uh, my senior year. And, and I don't know why I said this. Guys, don't ever say this. This is just so stupid. I, I thought I was being funny. But I went to her and, and I, I pinched her side and I said, I could pinch an inch. Now, she's an athlete. That's a stupid, stupid thing to say. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was a joke. You know what? A year later, a year later, she said, I remember when you said that, I've never been able to forget it. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, her. You know, and for me, it was a joke. For her, it was poison. We need to be careful. Our words have power. And you notice how Jesus used words? I mean, words, he used them to repair and to, to create and to heal and to forgive. And God said, God said, let there be light, and there was. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And Jesus said, rise up and take your mat. I mean, there's power in words, and God has given us that power. I wanna show you a clip, and I've seen this just time and time again, how the right word can transform a life, can bring healing, can bring freedom. Now, this is, a, this is from the movie Goodwill Hunting, and I, I just wanna let you know, um, this is not a family movie, okay? There's plenty of things that you don't want to sit down with your kids, but this is a, a powerful, powerful scene. It really shows what words do. And so uh, just to set this scene up, so um, uh, Will, or I think it's Matt Damon, he is, uh, he's this kid, rough, rough kid, and he's actually been 
beaten and abused by his step-parents. We learn that his stepdad used a wrench to do it here right before the scene. And Robin Williams is a psychologist or psychiatrist, and he's actually uh, helping him through that. So let's go ahead and uh, show that clip, please. So, uh, you know, what is it like? Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? Fear of abandonment? Is that why, uh, is that why I broke up with Skylar? I didn't know you had. I did. You want to talk about it? No. Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? I've seen it happen right here where a word, the truth from the Holy Spirit will come and they receive it and the lie is broken and the freedom comes. And you know what? It's one of the reasons that I'm standing up here right now. It's because I have said enough words that hurt and I just want my words to heal. I just want to share words of life. I just want truth to come forward. I want people to be free. I want to give the word and the truth of God so, so that people can understand who they are and they can embrace who they are and they can walk in all that God had for them. I've said enough that pulls people down. And oh God, just guard my tongue because I want to say words that bring life. I want to say words that bring healing. I want to say words that are true. Brings us to the third point, and this is an important thing I want you to understand. See that words, the other reason that they lead us is they open and they close spiritual doors. I'm going to show you a passage. You're going to actually be a little surprised that I'm using this one, I think, uh, but I think it makes our case. And so it's Luke 10, verse 5. And Jesus actually, he's sending 72 out. And this is what he says. And when you enter a house, he tells his disciples this, when you enter a house, you're out there ministering, first say peace to this house. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Now, I think this is amazing because you know what that passage is telling us? That your words actually have power to put blessing on someone else. 
from heaven. You can say, bless you with peace, and God will say, okay, I'm gonna bless them with peace. That's amazing that our words can bring blessing to someone else. You can actually speak blessing over other people. And in the same way, now, anybody here, have you ever felt like the presence of evil? Like in your room or in your heart or in another person? I mean, evil is there. What do you do? Here, I'll tell you, if you don't know, you need to know what to do. This is what you do. You say, in Jesus' name, be gone. And if it's still there, you say, in Jesus' name, be gone. And you say, in Jesus' name, be gone. And you know what? It is the power of the name of Jesus spoken the word, and he has to flee by the name of Jesus. See, our words open and close spiritual doors. And I want you to understand that the power, it's not like a spell or an incantation, right? You know, it's like, oh, I'll say these little words. and this, No, no, no. And it's not the law of attraction, you know, I am a millionaire in Jesus' name. I am a millionaire in Jesus' name. No, 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 wrong. You know what the power is? The power is being in agreement with the will of God and speaking it on earth. It's speaking God's will. See, what does it say there? If, there's an if there, did you see that? If he is a man of peace, then it will rest on him. If not, it comes back to you. See, what we're doing is we're agreeing with God and we're speaking the truth of God and there is power in speaking agreement with the word and the will of God. You see this time and time again in scripture where where fathers are blessing their children. In Genesis, Jacob is doing this with his son, Judah. And he says, and the scepter will never depart from you, Judah, and you will have an everlasting kingdom. And you're just like, all right. And you know what it is? That's a prophecy about Jesus. It's the will of God that Jacob is speaking over his son, the blessing that God wants to give. And there's incredible power. And that's why, see, see I think that prayer, it, it really, it's just words partnering with the will of God. There's where there's power in our prayers. And this is why it's so important. One of the things that I'm praying for is, Lord, I just want more discernment. That's a good prayer, by the way. We need to be praying for more discernment, more understanding. God, what is your will? And so this is what we do is we discern his will and then we pray his will and we use our words to release his will on earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew 18, Jesus talks about this. You can read about this. Matthew 18, 18, he calls it the keys. There's actually a whole theology, the keys of the kingdom that he has given us words to declare God's will here on earth and there is spiritual power. Spiritual power in what we say. See, there's, there's one more reason here, that, or one more picture that James gives us about our tongue. And so let's go pick up at the next verse here. We're in verse five. Okay, likewise, we read this before. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. But consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Anybody here, have your words ever gotten out of control? It's happened to me multiple times where, like, I'll go to a staff member, and I'm like, why are we doing that? This is a bad idea. And they'll tell me, well, you told us to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. That's not really what I had in mind. 
And my words kind of got away from me and they're just like, they kind of went out there. You know, you say something, you're like, oh, that, that, that's not what was supposed to happen. My uh, sister and I, we like to go to the Colorado Eagles games. We both like minor league hockey for some reason. So we go and, um, but I've noticed that we were going to go to a game here near Thanksgiving. But when we go to those games, have you ever noticed that by the time you're sitting down, like your hands are just full of paper? And I'm looking, I'm like, how did I get all this stuff? And because as you walk in, people are just handing you things and they're handing you things. And see, words are like that. See, words are like, here, hold this. Here, here, say this. Here, think this. Here, believe this. Here, do this. And be careful of what you're handing out there. And be careful of what you're receiving. And be careful what you're picking up. And you get all these words. You're like, what do I do with these? Listen, by the way, if you're ever like walking on the strip in Las Vegas, whatever they're handing out, do not take it. <laughs> I'm telling you. You, do not, you, don't, you don't want to even hold that stuff. Okay? Because words are a fire. And they'll set your whole life on fire. And in fact, your words can set your life on fire and bring you onto a path, and James says, to hell. Be careful. Be careful of the things that you allow to come out of here. All right, let's pick up in verse nine. We'll skip down just a little bit. It says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father in heaven. And with it, we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, why is it? Now, let's think about that. Let's say we got this little pool, okay? And it's up there in Rocky Mountain National Park on the Continental Divide. And let's just say, which it doesn't, but let's say that there's a fresh spring in that little pool and then there's a salt spring in that little pool. What's gonna come out? Not partly fresh water, right? Salt water. You just got to put a little salt in there to make the water no good. And see, this is one of the great tragedies of the tongue is that you can be talking with your spouse and you're building her up or building him up and you've got all these good words and these words of life, but then you just kind of finish with that one little dig and that one harsh word. And what do they remember? Makes the whole conversation salty takes away the life of the whole conversation. Or I can be up here and I'm preaching and, and God's speaking and we're moving forward. But then I brought, in, I brought in that one misplaced joke, you know, that I thought was funny, but it was crass. What do you talk about when you go home? I can't believe what he said. Oh my, that was inappropriate. Should we still go there anymore? I don't know, right? Or you have a conversation with a coworker, one degrading remark. It's a beautiful speech and then one degrading remark, one rash word that you drop in anger, whole conversation, salt, becomes polluted. All right, now we're gonna go to verse one and it's not my favorite part of this passage because it's a little scary to me, but we're gonna read it anyway. It says, verse one, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because we know that you who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. And if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. The reason we have to look at this is you have to understand that the more power you have, the more careful you need to be with your words. This is one of the things that just, it just frustrates me with our politicians right now. It seems like they are less and less careful. Like the more power you have, the less careful we are with our speech. Do you know your position? You need to be careful with what comes out of your mouth. If you are a preacher or you're a teacher 
or you're a parent or you're a boss or you're president of the homeowners association. I don't care. Whatever power you have. Listen, people are looking to you. And the more power, place of power, the greater place of power you have, the more your words have power and the more your words have place. And, and James, like he often says, he's like, sober up. You've been given authority. You've been given position. Oh man, you, you know it. Your mom and dad, they had power over you, didn't they? I mean, how come? I'm 51 years old and I still, when the whole family gets together, I'm like, am I 14? What am I doing right now? Right? There's power in that authority. And our tongue is our most powerful tool for life, for healing, for blessing. And see, there's things that our tongue is not to be used for. Scripture makes it absolutely clear. This is one that's difficult for me, mocking. I don't know, it's just for some reason, I just have fun mocking things. Scripture tells you, do not mock, proud mockers. We gotta be careful of that. I wanna be funny, but sometimes I'm just thoughtless. Same way, coarse joking. It was just a joke. Yeah, but you know what? You're gonna give account to that in heaven. Did Jesus find it funny? Is that a joke you'd tell him? Gossip, slander, our tongue is not made for gossip or slander. What a cowardly way to work through your difficulties and frustrations. Cursing, as we gotta hold our tongue. Or putting a curse on someone else, you know, I hope he dies. What, really? How about I hope he repents? How about I hope he sees the light? Ephesians 5.12 tells us that we don't use our mouth to glorify sin because it's shameful to mention what the disobedient do in secret. And sometimes, I mean, doesn't it feel kind of good? And like, and then she did this, and then, and then, and oh, right? Our mouth isn't to be used to be tearing down others. We don't use it to destroy, but we use it to build up. See, there's, there's things that God, he's given us this beautiful, powerful tool of the tongue. He's put it in our hands and it's meant to pray. It's meant to bring healing. It's meant to bring transformation. It's meant to breathe life. It's meant for praise, which brings us into his presence. What a beautiful thing. It's meant to declare our repentance. It's meant to declare our transformation. It's meant to bring life to other people and blessing to other people and encouraging to other people and building one another up. What a beautiful thing a word aptly spoken is. How powerful when someone comes and just encourages you, raises you up through the power of the tongue because there is power in your tongue. So to close right now, we're gonna have a little uh, a ministry time. And um, you got, maybe you got a little uh, yellow sticky note uh, when you came in. If not, there's, just find a piece of paper around you. Maybe those little uh, veterans papers or there's, you could take one of the little offering envelopes. It doesn't matter. Just get some paper. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to actually ask God to, to reveal some things to you. And um, I'd like you to write them down on this uh, piece of paper. And then uh, we're going to deposit them up here in just a minute. But what I'm going to do, if I can, I'm just going to pray. So will you just join me in this prayer? And so, um, Holy Spirit, for every single one of us here, would you, would you show us right now words that were spoken over us that we are laboring under right now? Holy Spirit, would you show words that were spoken over us that, that we just haven't been able to shake? Would you reveal those to us right now? And, and listen, some of those, for you, this is words that you have spoken over yourself 
Holy Spirit, if it's a word that we have spoken over ourselves or a word that we have agreed with, would you reveal that to us? Now, what I'd like you to do, as God reveals that to you, just write that word, or you could write it in code and just put it on that piece of paper. Just, just put that word down. And now um, I'm gonna pray actually one more prayer, another word that you could write down, okay? And so Holy Spirit, would you speak to every single one of us right now? And would you reveal to us, Lord, words that we spoke over someone else that have affected them? Words of death, words that were lies, words that hurt. Lord, anyone that you just want us to, to let go of, Lord, I ask you to reveal that to us right now, Holy Spirit. Okay, now I'd like you to write that word down or code for that word or whatever you want there on your paper. Now, for those words that you spoke, if you're still in relationship with that person, I'd like you to consider just going to that person and say, you know, when I said that, I'm sorry, forgive me. But if you're not in relationship with that person, there's a lot of words that I spoke that I just regret that I, I can't ever make right. I, I just want you to understand that the cross is enough. And then as you release that to God and as you repent of it to God, what, you, what I want you to do is just lift that person up and say, okay, now God, I'm just gonna have to entrust that person to you. I can't fix it, so would you repair them? Would you heal them? Would you show them the truth? And, and you're just handing it over. And I want you to understand that the cross is enough. And that the cross is enough for the words that were spoken over you and the cross is enough for the words that you've spoken. And that forgiveness and freedom is all that God wants for you right now. So what we're gonna do is uh, as we go through this next song or before the next song, whenever you're ready, what I'd like you to do is, I like, and you can see we did it last night as well. I'd like you just to take that piece of paper and at some point just come, you crumple it up or whatever and just drop it right here. And as you do, what you're saying is that I no longer agree with this word. I break this word. In fact, you can even just say it. I break this lie in Jesus' name and you put it down. And you're gonna make the choice in it. From now on, I'm not gonna live according to this word that was spoken to me. I'm not gonna have to prove this word wrong. It's not gonna affect me anymore. And then the ones that you have spoken, as you put them down, you're saying, okay, I'm just gonna let the cross be enough for this. I'm not gonna walk in shame over this anymore. I'm gonna accept the sacrifice that Jesus has made for this and entrust that person to him. All right, so, so as you're ready, I just want you to come up and just drop that down. It's just an act, an act of repentance, an act of receiving forgiveness. To say, okay, that word, that word doesn't define me anymore. So Lord, I pray that every person as they come, as they drop that note down, Lord, that you would do something powerful. Lord, as they, as they make that decision, Lord, that these words over them would be broken, that the words that they've spoken, Lord, they'll be free. God, I pray that in this act, you do something powerful, you do something supernatural, and that freedom would come to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.